The Secret Library Podcast is brought to you by our rad Patreon members. If you want to stay connected during the show's break, for as little as $1 a month, you can get solo episodes and updates from inside my writing process at patreon.com slash secretlibrary. Okay, here we are, everybody. This is the last episode before we pause. And I wanted to give a shout out one more time to my podcast recommendations for you while we're on hiatus. Marginally, I'm writing The Creative Pen, The Writer's Well, and Lady Books, if you want something a little sassy. I love all these shows, and I know you will too, so I want you to stay listening to content that keeps you excited about your writing. So check out Marginally, I'm writing The Creative Pen, The Writer's Well, and Lady Books while I am hiding and writing. This is episode 157 of the Secret Library Podcast. So I'm not going to give a whole spiel about why I'm doing the, um, the solo episode. I did, I did one for the first time in January of this year, and I was starting to look at ways that the show could change. Because when we first started, I had a conversation with my husband about why I wanted to do the show and what I thought was important about it, which at that time was the idea that people talk a lot about what it's like to publish a book and write a book after the book is finished, or we all talk about it from this hypothetical place of, could I ever do this? There's something about writing a book that feels a little bit like running a marathon, you see people do it all the time, but but we tend to set ourselves apart and think, oh, those are those people, those marathon running people or those book writing people. And there's this thought that there's something different about these people. There's something unusual and there's something maybe that I can't learn um, that sets us apart from those people who can write books from the rest of us. And I really wanted to get into that myth. And I wanted to get inside it and to look at as many different examples of writing and publishing books as I could, because it felt really like the information out there was sort of like, you wrote the book somehow, all of us had this image of, of being in, you know, artfully torn clothing and in a cabin with a lot of time, which none of us have. And drinking really lovely coffee and typing away and that the book would just come out. And I knew this wasn't true, but I hadn't heard enough stories to the contrary. And often I found that when people wrote books about writing, even the really good ones, there wasn't a really granular blow by blow. This is how I actually sit down and do it. And so I wanted to start having those conversations. And so I interviewed people who took different approaches to writing books. And then, and, and it was, it was amazing. It was amazing that anyone wanted to talk to me. First of all, I was really delighted by that. And then we started reaching more and more people. And one of my favorite things to do in the beginning was just to say, I really want to talk to this person. I wonder if they'd be willing to talk to me. And it was, you know, increasing, increasingly high profile people. It, it was people who didn't live in the same city as me, people who didn't live in the same country as me, increasingly um, people who'd written a lot of books or, or books that had made them well known. And so I set myself these challenges and that was really motivating in the beginning. I went to book events in Los Angeles. Um, I showed up, I, I 
bought books. I got books signed and then I kind of finagled my way up in the, in the signing line and asked people, would you be willing to talk about this process? Would you be willing to talk about what it was like to write this book in a different way? And I was really delighted and surprised that people said yes. Um, sometimes people said nothing. <laughs> so if I emailed them and heard nothing back, that was okay. But most of the time, the, the re responses were incredibly positive. And this was wonderful. I mean, the worst I got was, you know, not right now. It's not possible right now. Or the schedule's too full or the schedule's too booked. And um, and I will always regret, I think I've talked about this before, when I, I met Zadie Smith at a book event and told her about the show but neglected to my, invite her on because I was so starstruck. Um, I still regret that. And if you're listening, Zadie, I will reopen the show if you email me and, and want to come on. <laughs> you have an open invite at any point that you want to be here. Um, Zadie Smith is always going to be the one who got away. But I, I had these conversations and as we've gotten to 157 of them today with this episode, there started to be patterns that I was seeing. And I started to, to struggle a little bit more in terms of feeling like okay, is every episode that I'm having now and every conversation that I'm recording, is this something new? Is this something that's going to expand the conversation for the listeners? And what I, I started to feel over the last few months was that I'm, I'm treading water a little bit, not in that the conversations weren't wonderful and that the episodes weren't valuable, which they were. But I felt that for me, because I was still in the writing process of my book and I wasn't on the other side of it, I wasn't able to ask questions from my point of view, from kind of all stages of the process. I mean, I can only be kind of a hypothetical novelist for so long, it started to feel really frustrating to be writing this book and not finished and asking questions from a place of, is this possible? Is it possible to finish this book? Am I ever going to finish this book? And that was one kind of conversation. And that was a conversation that was the conversation I wanted to have when I started the show. But as I've talked to, you know, dozens and dozens, over a hundred authors about this, I, I don't doubt that it's possible anymore. I have no doubts about this, actually. I think it's infinitely possible to write a book. But what I have realized is that in order to do that, you have to set everything aside that's preventing you from writing the book. And that was really one of the main lessons. Nobody had a magic trick. Nobody has had an explanation that you can just, you know, if you, if you wear this kind of shirt or if you sit in this kind of chair or if you use this software or you go to this particular writing retreat, your book will just flow out really quickly and it'll be really easy and, and painless and the book will be amazing. No one has said that. But what they have said is you have to start saying no to things that take up your time and that you're doing instead of writing the book. And over the course of the last six months, I've realized that the podcast has become one of those things and that I was continuing to record it and continuing to 
invite authors on and talk to them because I, I wanted reassurance that it was possible to write the book. And really the only way to reassure myself that I can write this book is to write this book. And so I came to the conclusion that I was actually not only holding my writing back, but I was also holding the show back by hanging out in this limbo position and saying, oh, okay, every week the show is more important than the writing. Because I think the reason I kept saying that was because I was afraid of what it would take to write the book and I was avoiding doing it. The other thing that I wrote about in the newsletter recently, and I think is huge, and I didn't realize quite how significant this was, is that even though I've been reading amazing books for the past three years, and every single book that I read because I had the author on the show was one where I looked at the description of the book and said, wow, we really should talk about this book. So there, was, there wasn't like a lack of excitement about the reading. It was more that the way I've had to read for the past three years has been very much based in a place of wanting to be a respectful interviewer. And as soon as I chose a book to appear on the show, reading it was not an escape activity. It was a preparation activity. It was almost like homework. And the way that we schedule the show is very much one where, okay, what is the best time to be talking about this book? And a lot of times you get to have conversations, you get to interview people because their book is coming out and because you want to build excitement about the book. So the schedule of my reading and therefore the schedule of recording has been based on, you know, a book calendar. And so my reading process became really, really kind of disjointed and not organic. And I would be reading books that had nothing to do with each other back to back. And I realized that that is not how I used to read. And it's not how I read naturally. The way that I read normally is to read something. And if I'm really excited about it, I think, oh, what else has this person read? Or, oh, there was this element of history or psychology or some other thing in this book that I'm really excited about. I want to find something else about that and read that. And that I used to ride these waves of threads of interest. And this wasn't possible when I was doing this, you know, incredible amounts of reading of really wonderful books that fundamentally had nothing to do with each other, except the fact that they were all good books. And it wasn't clear to me until I started to become less excited about reading, which is not normal for me. Um, and I didn't really understand why until I decided one evening late at night <laughs> that something had to change. And as soon as I started talking about what it, what would it look like? Would it be okay if I stepped away from this? And I asked myself this and I started talking to my husband and our support people who've helped us. I've looked at what would it take to, to really take a real break and what would that mean? And how would that impact everything? And I felt such a huge sense of relief and this sort of weight lifting of realizing that all of my reading and all of my consumption and all of my interaction with books was really based on this pressure I had put on myself of, I have to put this show out every week and I have to be consistent and I have to be responsible. 
And for three and a half years, we have put an episode out every week, almost without exception, except for two hiatuses that we announced one week when it was just too overwhelming. Other than that, even if it's a holiday, federal holiday, Christmas, New Year's, whatever, you name it, my birthday, an episode was coming out. It didn't matter. And so I think being able to take some of that energy back and shift it over and put it into the book has been huge. And I have never read so much as I've been reading in the last couple of weeks. And I, it was during this process that I realized how much my reading had changed because I was able to say, oh, I just read this book. I'm so excited about it. I don't have to ask anyone questions about it. I'm just reading it because I'm interested and I'm reading it for myself. And I think we do this. We, we start reading because of some external reason, or we start being creative because of some external reason, or we think about in our writing, even well before it's time, we think about, oh, well, who might want to publish this or who's going to read this or how am I going to format this? Or who am I going to have do the cover if I'm self-publishing? Or how am I going to organize this? Rather than, how do I feel about this? What does this mean to me? And it's so easy to start thinking about somebody else. I even struggle with this working with one reader who's working as my editor right now. I wonder, oh, will he like this scene? Did I handle it well? Oh, I, I, I already see myself. We, we were just programmed you know, in our deep lizard brains to wonder how other people are going to react to what we put out there. So we have to be really, really, really careful about how we expose ourselves to potential input and potential thoughts and potential kind of influence by this perceived rejection that we think might happen if we, we don't do everything perfectly. I know that's something I've always worried about. I have to do this perfectly. I have to do everything perfectly. And if I don't, the whole world will fall apart. I have to release an episode every week. It has to be, you know, more and more amazing than the last time. I have to find the best books. I have to have the best conversation and people have to be inspired and more inspired than before. And it was relentless. It was crazy. And so there was no energy left for my book when the whole point of moving away from Los Angeles and moving to Europe and living in a more affordable city and changing our entire lives was so I could write my book. <laughs> so it's, it's interesting how we do this to ourselves. And I wonder if you have had this experience as well of feeling like, okay, I have this goal, this matters to me. I'm going to set aside time and I'm going to do a lot of things to make it work. And yet at the same time, you still, you, you're still kind of putting yourself in a cage. And I really only realized it when I decided it's okay to change everything. And it's okay to stop doing the show every week. And it's okay to prioritize my book. Because I've had lots of fears come up, fears that, okay, if we come back and we, when we do the next season, no one's going to listen, um, no one's going to care, we're going to lose all this momentum, and people are going to be disappointed and let down. But I have to say that every single person who's written has been supportive, wonderful, 
understanding, enthusiastic, and has expressed sadness, like I'll miss hearing the show every week for the rest of the year, but I also completely understand and I'm excited about this. So whatever you are churning on at the moment, if you're churning on anything, and thinking, I have to stay in this situation. I'm not able to write because of the way I have my life set up, but there's nothing I can do to change it. I'm just obligated to keep doing everything the same way. You really aren't. You really aren't. There, there are ways to change it, and they might be difficult, and they might mean saying no to things you really like or are important to you. And of course, there are things we can't say no to. We can't say no to working 100%. We can't say no to taking care of family members and children. We can't say no to sleep. We can't say no to lots of things. But many of the things that we do, the pressure that we feel about them, at least the pressure that I've felt about them, is completely optional. It's it's things that we have decided are important and we've put a lot of time into over a period of time and then think, oh, I can't stop doing this. But at a certain point, there's a question of, okay, well, could I do it in a different way? Is there a new way to do this? Because fundamentally, I think that the creative process and the writing process for me has not been something I can kind of half-ass, so to speak. I can't kind of half-ass write a novel while I'm putting all of my energy into other things. Um, there is a limit to how much creative energy we have. And if you're not perpetually topping yourself up with the creative source that you need, and you're kind of diverting the stream, if we're going to use like an irrigation metaphor, if you use an irrigation metaphor, there's a limited amount of water coming down the pipeline. As anyone who has lived in Southern California knows about limited water. And if you keep diverting it off in different directions, like, oh, I'll just do a little bit over here and I'll just handle this project a little bit over here. And sure, I can do that. I'll just, it won't take long. It won't take very much. And I kept thinking this about many, many things. And, and then eventually it was completely dry at the end. And the writing felt dry. The words felt dry. Everything felt dry. And I think that that is not a functional state to be in. And it, it certainly wasn't for me. I was at the point actually at one, at one stage where it was difficult to finish a sentence when I was talking. And I would try to talk to my husband about something and I would forget what I was going to say halfway through the sentence. And I think the breaking point was when we at 11 PM were still working one day and he was making images and I was making notes or writing show notes, you know, the show note introduction or something. And it was like 10 or 11 PM. And I went into the kitchen and I said, do we really want to do this this way anymore? Is this really serving everybody? If we're still, even after we deliberately left Los Angeles and deliberately moved to Berlin and got completely different jobs and completely different work, set up our whole situation completely differently. And we're still getting up really early, trying to get something done in the morning, going and working on stuff and coming home and working until it's dark, which is really late in Berlin in the summer. Um, that is not what I'm promising people who are listening. It's not what I want for the people who are listening. So I can't allow myself to do this to myself anymore. Um, so that's, 
that's what's happened. And at the same time, there's a tremendous amount of sadness. I think of, I keep hearing about books. I still get emails about, oh, this is coming out. Do you want to talk to this person? And I always think, yes, yes, I do. I do want to talk to this person. But I can't talk to this person or any other writer until I have a finished draft. I can't divert the streams. I can't, and I can't be a good interviewer if I'm still on this side of the, I'm trying to come up with a a writing or a water metaphor here. If I'm still on this side of the river, like looking over at the other side, thinking, is it possible for me to get over there? I just don't think that's a good, it's a good direction to be interviewing from anymore. I think it was great in the beginning. And I think being able to ask people who answered really honestly what it was like to write that book and to reassure me. But I think all of us listening and and me, I think we've we've covered that. And I think we know it's possible. I hope that listening to the show so far has made you feel that it's possible to write a book. But what's in the way is not whether or not you're capable of it. What's in the way is all of the other crap that you have to do in life and how important all of it is and how much you're willing to give up in order to have the time you need to write. So I can say a little bit about how it's changed since I've made this shift and it already has shifted because there was a tremendous amount of work that had to go in even before recording an episode other than, you know, outside writing newsletters, outside doing any of those things. It was deciding on books, deciding on authors, who do I want to talk to, going back and forth with publicists, going back and forth, scheduling, finding everything, and then um, getting the review copy, reading the review copy, thinking about questions, getting ready. And so as soon as I realized that we could go on hiatus with all of the episodes we had already recorded and that this one would be the last one. I got to stop doing all of that. So that freed up my time immediately. And I started reading books just because they were fun. And I can't recommend this enough if you haven't done this recently. Just go to the bookstore and pick something up because it looks delicious. Um, Pick something because it looks amazing. And, And pick something up even if you'd be embarrassed to admit to friends or coworkers or your, especially your book club that you're reading it. I find that sometimes I read stuff and say, oh, I'm just reading this, you know, I'm just reading this thing. No, that's the book you need. So I read um, just page turners. I just wanted to read something that made me feel thrilled about reading. And so I read some page turners over um, a week or two. And I was so delighted with this. I was on public transit going around the city. I was reading every minute. I got home. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I told Barry that I talked to him um, later. I was hiding in the bedroom reading. It just felt amazing because there was nothing that was going to be asked of me after I read these books. And I was able to look at what was interesting to me about them and what I what I was excited about. Why were they exciting to me? Why was I just going, going, going and tearing through the pages? And is that something I could learn from? Is that something I could bring to my own book? I think that is what is needed. And I think 
to go back to Ben Percy with the amazing voice who was on the show. If you haven't listened to his episode, I highly recommend it. And I also recommend his book, Thrill Me, because he started out with a great, great love of science fiction and then went and did an MFA program, which was very much about, you know, character rather than plot driven and, and getting into psychology and all of the underpinnings and all of the stuff that I also find fascinating. But they're really amazing books that you can't put, put down are the ones where you bring both of those things together. And so I think if we only read books that, you know, are highly regarded, technically amazing, you know, highbrow, wonderful, beautiful fiction, that, that, that takes a little bit of the, the full experience of reading out of it. So I encourage you to read as widely as you can. Read everything. Read stuff you haven't read before. If you haven't read history, read history. It's, you know, there are eras of history that will be just as exciting as anything else. If you haven't read science fiction, science fiction is really amazing right now. There's a lot going on in there. And some of the authors who've been on have been really motivating to me to open up to new authors, new people. Read suspense, read memoir, read everything and, and follow threads as they come up for you and read books that just feel delicious to you. And this may seem idiotic and obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me that I wasn't reading like a kid in the candy store. And if you don't read like a kid in the candy store, it's really hard to write and to feel like your book is worth writing and to connect to the joy in the process. So if you don't have that, then how can you write it? And how can you write a book that people are going to be excited about and will want to chew through as well, which is what I'm hoping will happen, that these many, many years that I've spent on this book will translate into somebody reading it in less than a week because they can't put it down and they don't want to talk to their family. So I have to read books that are like that in order to infuse that into a book, even one that I think has a literary sensibility. I think we can have both, maybe asking a lot, but in order to get it, I've got to be inside of it. So I think something that I would challenge you to ask yourself as we, as we wrap up for now is, what do you need to say no to in order to write? What would it look like for you to say no to something you feel like you have to do and it's going to be different for everyone what that thing is. For me, it was hosting a weekly show. Um, for some people, it might be any number of things. It could be, oh, I have to, you know, how often you have to clean your house, how often you have to be social, how often you have to do anything, obligations you've taken on, projects you feel like you have to do, things you've agreed to, socializing, all of these things. I think anything that you feel like, oh, I have to do that, but there's part of you that says, no, no, you don't. Listen to that part because that's where the room is for your writing. And it is a trap. It was a trap for me to feel like, okay, this is the way my life is. And oh, it doesn't take that much time and I'll, we just make this work. And I don't need to sleep and I don't need to read things that I want to read just because I feel like it. But I did. I do need that. And you do need the things that you need in order to write. So I encourage you to think about that. Um, they may not be obvious. They weren't obvious to me. But if you start to think, what if about any kind of change or something that feels really decadent and crazy? What if I did this? What if we tried this? 
think about what that would look like and think about what practically you would need in order to make that happen. There are many, many ways to pull something off. And so if you don't allow yourself to think about ways that you could pull something off, you never will be able to. And for me, I think time in a creative cave where I'm not generating content, I'm not generating a lot of output because it takes a ton of input to generate a little bit of output. I'm realizing that now that for me as an introvert, um, it takes a lot to generate outward facing output. I don't know how else to describe it. So it takes energy to be social. It takes energy to write a newsletter. It takes energy to write a book. It takes energy to do an interview. It takes energy to read and prepare for an interview. And there is a huge amount of input required in order to generate quality output. And so you have to focus, at least I do, but it's important to focus on the output that matters the most. So figure out what output matters to you. And if you're like me, if you need a lot of fuel in order to make any output at all, then get really clear about what the most important output is. And then think about what do I need in order to fuel this? And get really serious about putting those things at the top of the list. That's how you're going to get through it. That's how I plan to get through it anyway. And I would say that my, my word count output has jumped quite a lot. And the way that I'm relating to the book has jumped a lot, not having this, um, not having the other kind of outputs happening at the same time. So that's something that I've noticed is an immediate result. So I wanted to give you a little update in terms of what I am hoping to accomplish for the rest of 2019. So here we are coming to the end of June. So there's six more months in the year. And I am about 30 to 40% through the draft that I'm working on, which will hopefully be a draft that can be submitted for consideration to agents, um, et cetera. So I want to finish this draft by the end of 2019. This is my plan. This is my commitment to myself. And this is my commitment to you because I am pausing this show in order to pull that off. So the absence of my recording the show means I feel responsible and I feel like I'm dedicated to myself, but I'm also dedicated to you. So I want to thank you for in, um, in being here and in listening to the show. I want to thank you for holding me accountable because I do feel that I cannot take this break and come back without a manuscript. So that is my commitment. And in order to do that, the things that I am changing are, I'm stepping away from doing the show. As I said, I think I'm going to be on social media a lot less. Um, I'm going to change the newsletter schedule and I'm going to do it twice a month instead of every week. But I think that that's still a regular good amount of update to share. And I'm going to be sharing more of this kind of content, more of this kind of, okay, this is what's happening. This is what I've tried. This is my word count. This is what I've been doing. It's going to be really granular about getting the draft written. So if you're interested in that kind of information, I think if you're not already a newsletter subscriber, you can do so either at the secretlibrarypodcast.com website or at 
my site, carolinedonahue.com, um, where I do coaching with clients. Um, I'm also going to be staying with the Patreon. I checked in with the community. How did everybody feel about everything continuing or how they wanted it to, to continue? So I will be doing monthly solo episodes and the monthly Q&A episodes. I will continue that while I'm working on this. And it's going to be much like this. It's going to be updates about here's what I'm reading. Here's what I'm working on. This is how this is going. Here's how I'm structuring this process to get through this manuscript that I need to get through this year. So those are the ways I'm going to be in touch. Um, I jump on, on and off of Instagram, but I find myself having read um, one of the books that really changed things for me, actually a couple of them. I'll give you some fun reading is um, Cal Newport's work and having read both deep work and digital minimalism this year, I just didn't feel that I could allow distraction like checking likes on Instagram and posting a lot of stuff to pull my energy from writing. So I'm probably going to be on those platforms a lot less, even though um, I do check in and share things when we have episodes and, and all of that. But it's, it's just not going to be my focus. Um, I'm not going to give myself goals or a schedule or anything for those. And so that will be the rest of 2019. And then I just today actually started really to flesh out what I think the show is going to look like going forward. Because when I got to this point of feeling like, ugh, are we still going to do this this way? There wasn't a sense of the show being over. It wasn't a sense of, okay, it's run its course. It's a sense of the conversation, uh, the conversation needs to change. It needs to be a different one. And it needs to be one that's valuable and exciting, but a new conversation and one that's looking at it from a different angle. So moving forward, in order to preserve this feeling that I have of, of what I need in order to produce content that's valuable, I am thinking at this stage, we will be doing two seasons a year of 10 episodes. And the first one I would like to start releasing in late January of 2020. And the second one, I'm thinking will be released in the fall. So we'll have sort of a spring season and a, and a spring into, you know, basically winter into spring season and a fall back into winter season. Um, and we'll have a topic that's covered for each episode. I'm, I'm still floating topics, so I'm not going to share the topic yet because I, I can't 100% say what it'll be, but I am starting to think about guests who I want to talk to and how this is working. So the show does feel very alive to me, but I'm forcing myself to put that in a box and not go in for the foreseeable future um, so that I can focus on writing the book. Because I think once I get to the end of the draft, there will be more that I can say because as I sit down and I write most days of the week now, um, it, it feels different and I know it will continue to feel different and it's going to feel different as I move forward. So I kind of want to make a decision from where I am when I get through it and to feel like the conversation I have at that point will be one that's founded on being in a different place. So I know that sounds vague and weird, but it feels a little vague and weird to me at the moment. So those are my thoughts and that's where I am. And 
finally, I just want to say thank you because if no one had listened to the show, I wouldn't have continued recording it. Um, I wouldn't have kept going. And it's been really sweet to have messages from people. And the one week recently when we were sort of submerged in backlog from having moved in, uh, in Berlin into our final flat and we had to miss a week, um, I did get messages from people saying, where's the episode? I expect this every week. I've come to count on it. And that really did mean a lot. It meant a lot to hear that from people that you you look forward to the show and that the show is exciting to you. And I want to thank everybody who's written and said, I'm really excited that you're doing this. And I'm sad that I won't hear it because I love hearing it. So both of those things are wonderful to hear. And it's really meant the world to produce this show for you so far. And I'm really looking forward to coming back and doing it again next year. So until then, I, I really hope that you think about things that you can make space for or things that you can give yourself permission to do. I want to give you a big, huge permission slip to step into and to grab with both hands the things that you need in order to write the book that you're thinking of writing. So I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with that permission slip and you can write it. It's blank. So you can write whatever you want on it, but I'm giving it to you to fill out for yourself. And I hope that you read something really delicious and so crazy that you kind of want to put a cover on it so people can't see what you're reading. I dare you to do that this week and to let it inspire you as you keep writing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And I look forward to talking to you again in 2020. Thanks so much for being here with the Secret Library Podcast. And now we wrap season one. Thank you so much for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this week's show. You can keep the conversation going by leaving a comment in the show notes at secretlibrarypodcast.com or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash secretlibrarypodcast. You can also connect directly with me on Twitter or Instagram where I'm Caro Donahue. That's at C-A-R-O-D-O-N-A-H-U-E. I look forward to chatting with you there.